0: Hey, folks, what's going on? It's Zach. So this episode you are about to hear is an episode that I just made for this new podcast about road trips called Roundabout. It's made by State Farm and ACAST. You know, they reached out to me and asked if I had a road trip story that I wanted to share. And I was like, yeah, I actually have a story that ties directly back to the origins of Greetings from Somewhere. Also, I wanted to tell you that I am still working on other stuff. I know it has been very slow and infrequent, but more episodes are coming. Still trying to figure out the kind of financial viability of this show generally, but we're working on stuff and there's more to come, stay tuned. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this short episode about an important road trip that I took with a friend way back when. All right, oh man, so
1: my name is Clark. I'm a friend of Zach from the Bay Area. I just moved to Tucson like a month ago. The funny thing is I've spent little to no time in Tucson because I've been back in Philly visiting my girlfriend and now I'm headed to Texas (laughs) in a fit of spontaneity.
0: Hi, I'm Zach. I host a travel podcast called Greetings From Somewhere. And my show actually started with that moment you just heard. I recorded it four years ago with my friend Clark in a car, on the way to Marfa, Texas. And in many ways, that trip represents this major shift in my life. I was driving across the country to move back to New York, and i had moved back and forth between California and New York a few times already, but I was especially excited to move back this time because waiting for me was a new job, my long-term and long-distance girlfriend, and a fancy high-rise apartment that we were moving into together. So things at this point were really looking up. The drive across the country took several weeks, and my first big stop was Marfa. But before I got there, I needed a place to crash. And that's where my friend Clark comes back in because conveniently, he had just moved to Arizona.
1: So yeah, he got to Tucson where I was living with my parents. I moved to Tucson where my family, my immediate family was my brother and my parents. And I moved in with my parents at like 30, I was aged 30 something. So that's interesting in and of itself because at that point you're already an adult and you're like moving back in. But they were gracious and were like, yeah, if your friend needs a place to crash, that's great. So Zach came through and then he was headed to Marfa the next day to continue his road trip across America. And I was just in Tucson not doing much and I was like, well, let me let me go with you. So that's kind of how that happened. I just essentially invited myself,
0: right? Yeah, for sure. I was like, the next morning, just explaining the place. You're like, that sounds pretty cool. And I was like, you want to come? First, you were like, "Uh, no, I got some stuff to do here. And we talked a little bit. And I was like, well, it doesn't sound like your stuff is like, it sounds like your stuff is pretty loose. It's pretty easy. you're like, yeah, kind of. And I could just tell you wanted to come, but you were feeling like a little bit of like, I don't know if I should just do something this spontaneous or I have a couple obligations. And then you were like, "Yeah, man, that sounds good. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll come." And then, yeah, we, we, we did it. And I was yeah. like, "Can you get ready in twenty minutes?" And you're like,
1: "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." Just sounded cool. He's like, "Yeah, there's a bunch of artists in the middle of West Texas, and like, like that just sounds interesting. I don't want to miss out."
0: For context, Clark and I have known each other for like twenty five years, but we aren't the kind of friends who catch up regularly. We never went to the same schools or played on the same sports teams growing up. But we had this very close mutual friend, and we'd hang out every now and then. We mainly bonded as teenagers on these road trips to Mexico that we would take with this church group. And now that I think about it, a lot of the time that Clark and I have spent together has been on the road. So here we are again, back on the road, catching up. And there's a lot going on in Clark's life right now. At this moment, he's an unemployed musician in his 30s, living with his parents, and dating someone who lives across the country in Philly. Moving
1: to Arizona, moving in with my family, meeting this woman that I was pretty confident that I was going to marry... Things going on socially, politically, I mean, everything. The gamut of human experience and feeling a little bit uprooted, but still having a piece about that. Lots of transition. It was a tumultuous time, I think, is the best way to put it.
0: I really remember Clark wrestling with who he is and what he thought he should do next and that's all playing out as we're just driving into the desert together.
1: You know what I remember the most is just the expanse of the Southwest. And we're just like, you know, making our way on this road into nowhere. Like it looked like nothing. I think it was raining, it was dark. Like if you blink, you'll miss it. Cause the. We did miss it. Oh, yeah, that's right. We drove straight through. We we're like, well, that was it.
0: So we turned back around. Yeah, we we literally drove right past it. I just remember us us walking around the town together. You know, there's like train tracks. It's a really small, you know, Texas town. It's, it really
1: is like, literally whoever's there, that's who's there. And you're going to see them repeatedly throughout your time there.
0: Yeah, I remember our first night we got in, we had like a nice dinner. And I remember there was like a couple sitting next to us and we had like a cool waiter and then right after our dinner, it was like, oh, where should we go? Is there a place to get a drink? And they're like, Well, there's there's one bar. It's right down the road. Like you can go to the one bar. And we so we walked down to the one bar. And then it's the couple who was just sitting next to us at dinner. And then a few minutes <laughs> later the waiter who we just had comes in and is like ordering drinks. And it's like it's like immediately like we knew everybody in town because yeah. there was just a handful of people. It was it was wild. It was and then there was like some new people. And it it was it was wild to feel like in less than 24 hours, we already felt like community (laughs) members in a way. And we were like, like, oh, what's up, dude? Yeah, I know you. I see you around. And it's like, you'll see someone in New York. You'll just never see that person again. Yeah. Funny thing about Marfa is it's kind of on like island time where it's like it's like stuff's closed or open and you're like, oh, well, when's this restaurant going to be open? It's like, oh, when they feel like opening. It's, they don't, like, people don't keep, like, strict regular hours. It's not like, oh, well, Monday to Friday from this time. It's just kind of whenever. And so a lot of stuff was closed for no reason. The dinners, I mean, we had, like, really nice dinners. And then we would go to, the, yeah, the saloon and there would just be, it was cool because there was, there would be artists, tourists, cowboys and locals all hanging out at the one bar. It was, sounded like the beginning of a joke. A cowboy, an artist, and a tourist walk into a bar, and it's like, that's not a joke. That's just Marfa. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just every day. That's great. Um, and then sometimes Matthew McConaughey might pop in, you know, or Beyonce. Party in a chicken coop with you or something like that. Y- yeah, like our first night, the bartender was talking about how he partied with Beyonce in a chicken coop like when she was there. <laughs> it's like it was yeah. like it was like yeah we threw a chicken coop party Beyonce was and I was like what
1: <laughs> yeah yeah these are real stories.
0: At this point. It's been four years since I've seen Clark. And to be honest, we haven't spoken or caught up since that trip. But I've always wondered what happened in his life after he caught that Greyhound bus out of Texas.
1: My family was kind of upset that I just peaced on them. (laughs) They were actually really pissed off. (laughs) I got on a Greyhound and took the most circuitous route home through the desert. It took like 13 hours. I think I got home at like 4 a.m. I think one of my parents had to pick me up, which just kind of like was the icing on the cake because they were already not totally thrilled about it. (laughs) And then they had to get up super early to pick me up from a Greyhound,
0: you know, bus stop. I've mainly wondered about the other stuff, though. Like what happened with his music pursuits and whatever came of his long-distance relationship. And it turns out that not long after I last saw him, he ended up taking his own road trip to Philly to see about a girl. So I drove out. I did my own cross-country
1: trip, that's funny. I packed up my car, drove, hit Dallas, where our mutual friend now lives. That was actually dope because we went to this park where there was a Robert Indiana statue. And Robert Indiana created the Love Park design.
0: By the way, Love Park is that famous park in Philadelphia with the big sculpture that says the word love. I guess that artist has something in Dallas now, too.
1: And so we straight up went to this park in Dallas that had a love sign. And I was like, oh, this is is real. And I actually wrote a song about it called Robert Indiana. But basically, it was just like one of those cool little nuggets, like, you're on the right track, so... I literally followed that sign to where I'm now living in Philly with my now wife and basically moved there, lived with her family for nine months. And then we got married, seriously, November 2nd, 2019, which is just right about a year after when you and I did the road trip. But yeah, so then I've been living in Philly now with my wife for three-ish years. Yeah. And then got plugged into good music circle, uh, built amps for George Alessandro, if you know who that is. He builds amps for John Mayer and Eric Clapton and a whole bunch of people. So I did that for a while. Um, Teaching, writing, got a publishing deal with a – publisher out in LA so I'm writing commercial music so it's been good.
0: Do you feel just strikes me as you feel a lot more at peace these days? Since then? (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah of course man everything was so turbulent up in the air no job trying to understand things beyond myself that affect people like you know living at home at 30 and thinking like all my friends are here why am i not here the comparison will kill you so yeah compared to then thankfully yes much more at peace are you at peace
0: oof <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man Ah, not really, man. Um, Not really. I'm working on it. But I think I recently woke up to me causing myself a lot of unnecessary suffering, you know, just Mm. focusing on a lot of the things I don't have or could have more of, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess just let me, I'm going to catch you up with what's happened to me since mm-hmm. because we haven't caught up. Mm-hmm. I was I was living in LA and I was taking this new job in New York. I was moving back to New York and I was really excited. I felt like I had kind of cracked life, right? I had this new job. That I was excited. I was going back to the city I wanted. I was reuniting with my long-term girlfriend who I had just spent two years doing long distance with and I desperately wanted to get back. And I, I felt like I had made it. And, and you were seeing me right at the beginning of that. And not long after I saw you, I started this new job and it sucked. It was awful. And I had to change teams because it just, it was not the right fit. The long-term girlfriend, we broke up in under three months. Mm. And I moved in with her and had to immediately move out. And that year, I lived in four different places in, in a 12-month period because I was in LA and then I moved in with her and then I had a temporary spot and then I finally got a spot. So it was like, I I didn't feel like I had a home. My relationship fell apart. I didn't love my job. I thought I had cracked life and then immediately it felt like everything fell apart. You know, but that's what happened after you saw me. Dang, man. I don't know what else to say. Shoot. But I knew you didn't know that. And we didn't, you know, that's not something you're going to see on my Instagram, right? Right, right, right. Oh, man. A f- you know, a few years ago, I had this checklist of things that I was pursuing in terms of, like, job, where I wanted to live, what, how much money I wanted to make, what what launching a podcast would mean. And I, I systematically checked every box that I was pursuing. And then I wasn't really happy. And I was like, Why? So I'm working on that. Yeah,
1: that's good, man. Well, I appreciate an honest answer. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want to play you one last clip. It's short. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like one of the last things you said to me about Marfa and our trip. Okay, time there.
1: I'm really glad I went on this trip. It was good. It was good for a lot of reasons. This is a slow paced place and it gives you time to think you almost like can't you can't put it into words it just blew my mind there were so many unique types of people you know
0: yeah totally that's my (laughs) bus thanks man so a year to the day after clark and i took this trip he got married and almost two years to the day I launched my travel podcast, a project that I had started with him sitting shotgun. I want to thank Clark for catching up with me after four long years. And this song playing is actually the song Clark mentioned earlier, the one he made about his own road trip on the way to see his wife in Philly, where they now live together.
1: It's so good for us to be together
0: This episode of Roundabout was hosted, written, and reported by me, Zach Mack, with help from Shantae Howe. Thank you, Shantae. This episode was mixed and mastered by Daniel Turek. And if you like this episode, check out the Roundabout Podcast. It is available wherever you listen. For ACAS Creative, Shante Howe is our executive producer with Podcast Art by Emma Spelesey. For DCP Entertainment, Ryan Woodall. And Adele Coleman are our senior producers. And for State Farm, a special thanks to Christine Williams, Mariana Rutledge, and Daniela Sampaio. Thanks.